This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome to a special episode of Working Class on DeerCast. Hi, Isla May. Nah. Say hey. Hi. Say hi, everybody out there. <laughs> so, Isla May, how old are you? Four. And this is your first podcast, and you're recording it with me. What do you think about that? Pretty cool, huh? You got to talk so people can hear you in the microphone. So tell everybody your name and how old you are. I'm four and I'm Isla May. Isla May. And so I want to talk to you about deer hunting. What do you think about deer hunting? One time I hunted with a bad dad. Yeah, we went out hunting earlier this year, huh, in the blind. But now it's really cold. We'll have to get a heater for the blind. What did you think about hunting out there? A cobalt. It was cool. We had, good thing we brought snacks, right? Okay, so you got to talk, remember. Um, what did Daddy just do this weekend? Shoot a big, big buck. Yeah, what did you think about that buck? Cool. You were really happy for me. That made me really happy. Me too. Yeah. Hey, you should tell everybody about what you gave me to take on all my hunts. Remember what you gave me on my birthday? To take on all my hunts. Berry bear. So tell everybody what berry bear is. Berry bear is a bear. A little stuffed bear. And I carry that in my backpack every time I go hunting. And then when I shoot a deer, what do I do? I am take a picture of berry bear and the deer. Yeah, and send it to you and mommy, huh? So what did you think of daddy's big buck this weekend when I brought it home? It cool, cool, cool. What do you think? Do you tell other kids that daddy hunts? Do you, do you know what daddy does for work? No. You don't know what I do for work? If you had to take a wild guess, 
what do I do for work? Um, Does daddy hang out with his friends and podcast for work? Hunt. Hunt and, and podcast? Yeah? Yeah. Do you want to be a hunter when you get older? Yeah. You got to talk and explain stuff so people can hear you, okay? So you're four, and when do you want to shoot your first deer? Um. When you're five? You think we can do it when you're five? We can probably start to figure that out, okay? Big buck. You want to shoot a big buck first? Very, 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 very big. But what if what if Daddy just wanted you to shoot any buck at first? Would you do that? Yeah. You would? Because we like to eat them. Did you see that Cody Chandler just got his first buck? And, you know, he just did a podcast. So we could do a podcast. When you shoot a buck, we could do a podcast about your buck. Okay. Does that sound good? Yeah. What do you want to tell the people out there? you have anything you want to say right now? You're four years old. So this is your first podcast at four. You're doing pretty good. Is there anything you want to tell anybody about hunting or anything like that? What do you want to tell them? I really, really want to shoot a big, 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 big buck like you did, Dad. Hey, that, I hope so. We will. We'll do that, okay? You like elk hunting, too, though, don't you? You like when Daddy goes elk hunting? I want to go elk hunting, too. You like to call the elk. Think you could do a call without the bugle tube here on the podcast? Yeah. You think you could? Can you give Can you give the people a sampler elk call? I can do as good as anything. Okay. Can you do it real quick? Okay. <laughs> good job. <laughs> at home, when you have your bugle tube, you're pretty dang good at it too, huh? Dad, I have to get. I'll get an elk one of these days with my bow and bring it home. But remember when Daddy shot that big elk a couple years ago and brought it home, and you and Bubba got to like hang on it. It's pretty cool, huh? Deer head. Deer head. So where do you want Daddy to put this this deer head that I just shot? Um, in Dale. Out in the studio. I could do that. What's you want to do? Do you have any advice for any anyone out there hunting? Anything you want to say to anybody? Anything? What are you thinking about? Mm. What's it like being four? Um. You all timed out, huh? You did good. We'll get you back on and talk more hunting soon, okay? Yay! We'll have to. Uh, we'll go hunting again. We'll go. We'll try to go hunting again. This year, maybe we can get a doe together in, in the blind. Yay! Dad, he'll get a heater and we'll go, okay? Okay. Okay. Say thanks, everybody, for watching. My name's Isla May. I want to do more. You want to keep going? Okay. What do you want to talk about? Um, I really, 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 I want a big buck. Yeah? I want to, I actually want to go. You want to shoot a doe, too? You can shoot both. Hey, you should tell everybody about what your bow is, what it looks like. It's it's light blue. and Talking to your microphone, baby. It's light blue, and it got soft balls on it. Yep, so you can you won't hurt anybody while you learn. But in what color is Bubba's? Black. 
Yep. You guys have your own bows. And where do you shoot it? Out in the backyard. At what? At our targets. What kind of targets do we have? Um, deal. Mm-hmm. We have a deer. We have a mule deer. Mule deer. We have a fallow deer. Fallow deer. We have an armadillo. Armadillo. We have and a squirrel. We have a squirrel. Yep. And we do. We have a little bear in the shed. We got to get it out so we can shoot at the bear. And we shoot. We have a whole range set up. A in the, tiny baby bear. Yeah, he's like on a log, huh? And then we have we have a whole archery range built back there so we can practice. We shoot a lot, don't we? We're going to probably shoot a lot more this summer. I don't always shoot because I'm a girl. Yeah, but girls can shoot. I know, but I don't like shooting. You, I like doing makeup, dressing up. But you can do both. You can look pretty and shoot your bow and go hunt deer and get a big buck and a doe. And then we can come home and cook them. Like we're going to have deer chili tonight for dinner, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you, you're you're like girly things too. But hunting can is for everybody. But I like makeup and dressing up and outside stuff and books. Yeah, you like it all. And unicorn. Yeah. Yeah. What else? Um, babies. You like babies, but we have we eat deer meat all the time. We have a and lot. And I love my brother. Yeah, I love your brother too. You think? <laughs> and mama and dada. Do you think Bubba's gonna hunt? And my aunt. Yeah. You're I'm going crazy today. <laughs> You're going crazy? Hey, what do you think? Blah, blah, blah. What do you think of all the deer heads at home? You I be- like it. You've been around them since you were a little baby. You don't really know any different, do you? Do you think it's weird when you go to your friend's house and they don't have deer heads on their wall? Yeah. It's like, where's all your deer heads at? Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> do you say that? How come you don't have any deer heads here? Where's your all your deer heads? <laughs> Mostly not. Mostly not, no. Most people don't have as many as we do, huh? We're lucky. But we got lucky. Yeah, we got lucky. We got a lot of them. Like 100,000. Probably one day, huh? <laughs> Is that silly? Yeah. <laughs> what else do you think? <laughs> do you want to do more podcasts? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think you're probably, you're... Daddy, honest, I want to do a different one. You want to do a different podcast? So you want to say bye to everybody on this one? Okay. So thanks, everybody, for watching. Thank everybody for watching. And then you, you, you want to close it out? You can go, you know what to do. Go shoot your bow. You say that. You say it. You want me to do it? Yeah. Okay, I'll say it. Ready? Yeah. You know what to do. Go shoot your bow. We love you. Bye-bye. Bye. Wait. We forgot to say your work name. Oh. You want me to say you're listening to Working Class Bowhunter? Yes, I Can you say it? No. Okay. Okay. You're listening to Working Class Bowhunter. Go shoot your bow. We love you. Bye. Bye. Is that good? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, Working Class on DeerCast, episode 108. Uh, just got off that, uh, maybe confusing to some people, but sweet. And you can't be mad at that 10 minute intro with my daughter, Isla May. Uh, when we come in on Mondays, 
she goes to school and all that. And I pick her up and she hangs out with me at the studio and she wanted to podcast really bad. So I said, <laughs> all right, let's do it. But you got to talk. So that was uh, Isla May's introduction to the WCB platform. Um, I don't know. Just dang cute. I'll be, it, that probably means nothing to everybody else, but in 10 years down the road and I look back on that, that'll be hilarious for the both of us, I'm sure. So Correct. what's up, Lee? What's up, Curtis? You know what I'm going to call you? Oh, Lord. This is, um, I'm not going to call you Austin, but <laughs> this is, you're kind of like my, hmm, I'm trying to keep it PG. If this was just a regular WCB episode, I'd just call you my SLUT. You're kind of just my random, you're my podcast slut. I could just call you up and you just willing to jump on whenever. I'm the, I'm the filler. You're, okay. Filler. You like filler better than the for, other for one. The, for the audience. I think it's the better terminology. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Good call. Lee. Good call. You're the filler guy. Um, but also it's like you're part of the crew and uh, everybody else is like here every week, you know, except for Ross, he's busy and all that, whatever. So it works out good when you call in on this series and you're yeah. like close to a co-host, but not quite. We'll see. We'll see. But uh, <laughs> just creeping in there, right? Just creeping on in. Yeah. You're uh you're a good filler. There we go. Uh, man, we are in past Thanksgiving right now. Let's talk about the time frame we're in. Uh, this coming weekend would be Illinois' second firearm season, which is like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, a lot of the Illinois residents that are more bow hunters, hardcore bow hunters that have like target deer are either going, dang it, everybody got blasted, or they're wiping sweat from their forehead. Oh, all the boys made it. Normally, if all the boys you want to make it, make it. There's a good chance they're going to make it through second season as well, uh, maybe. Um, there's more of a chance than there was first season. It's less less in the rut, less people have available tags, less people are willing to sit in the weather. It's more of a right. grind when you got to hunt for a fourth day <laughs> for a lot of those guys. Yeah, uh, it's kind of the same for us. Our Our first shotgun season starts Saturday. This coming so Saturday. It is. Okay. Second. What happens in Iowa after that? Like, how do the bow hunters perceive it? And how is uh, it? Honestly, after? a lot of guys, a lot of guys, bow hunting goes out the window for the most part because it gets into that late season time frame. And in Iowa, being that uh, you can only shoot one buck with the bow and one buck with the gun, a lot of guys, if they haven't filled a bow tag by now, they're either hunting shotgun with their state tag or then late muzzleloader starts right after shotgun. Oh. And then, and then they can use that, you know. So or you can use your bow on your late muzzleloader tag, but most people are going to put the gun in their hands, you know. So this weekend is just the firearm season, not late muzzleloader. So can right. they bow hunt during firearm season? Nope. Why? I wonder what's why can you do it? You can't do it in firearm season, but you can do it in muzzleloader season. All uh, right. Well, because Iowa, you can party hunt during shotgun season. And like, there's a oh. lot more driving that goes on like deer drives. I don't know that for a fact, but that's just my, my redneck assumption of it. I suppose. It'd be, yeah. I always hear that a lot. Like, uh, when I worked at deer, worked with guys who hunted in Iowa casuals and they'd be like, Oh yeah, we got five deer. Like, well, you shot five deer. Oh no. Our crew. Yeah. It's like their way of like, of saying they didn't shoot a deer, but they did. Yeah. That's how I grew up. I mean, I grew up shotgun hunting you know that's yeah, how i, I got my start no i got nothing against that i wasn't right. used to the right. party hunting terminology oh yeah yeah yeah. like oh yeah we got five deer what you shot five deer 
no, we got five. Like yeah, our, our group. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, well, you didn't shoot anything. Yeah. So right. It's, this this Saturday is it's Saturday through Wednesday. So December 2nd through whatever that would be mm-hmm. a five day window. And then it, it goes off for Thursday, Friday. And then the second season starts and that is Saturday through the next Sunday. Oh, geez. But you can only hunt one or the other. You can't hunt both. Oh, you can't hunt first and second? Mm-mm. And you can only, in Iowa, it's confusing, but you can only get one gun state tag. So, and I, you know, we do deer drives, my family and, and all our friends, and I'll, I just get a doe tag, and I walk every drive, and I can shoot a buck on somebody else's state tag because of the party hunting rule. So, like, I get my gun state tag, my anti-sex tag for muzzleloader season. Oh, okay. So the only reason I can shotgun hunt is because I get a doe tag for first season shotgun. Okay. So maybe you know or don't know. This is a non-resident. I don't live in everyone thinks I live in Iowa. So I seem like read comments is like I don't live in Iowa. Like sometimes I wish Illinois would just copy what you guys do. But okay, <laughs> so as an Iowa resident, you can kill a buck with a bow during archery season. Yep. Which is up until this Saturday. Yep. Can you party hunt with your doe tag first firearm season? All right. So if you have a doe tag, you can only hunt first or second firearm. It's one or the other. You can't do both. Okay. So say first firearm, you have a doe tag and you're party hunting and there's available tags. So you shoot a buck with a gun. Yep. You use uncle Jim Bob's tag on your buck league. That's legal. Yep. It's crazy that's legal in Iowa to me. It just seems very un Iowa like. <laughs> and then, okay, then say you have a muzzleloader tag. Can you go then shoot a buck with a muzzleloader? Yep. So you can kill. I could kill 10 bucks during shotgun season if my group had enough tags. Oh, I don't like that. <laughs> There's, I mean, it hardly ever happens. We've had it like in my group. We hunt with a pretty big group and we have, I mean, the group's been together since before I was a kid, you know, before I was even alive, the group's been hunting together and just more kids have come into it and the older guys have kind of left. And yeah, um, I think we've only ever had like one person shoot two bucks during the season. You know, is it kind of like, Hey, you shot one, don't shoot anymore. Basically it's, if you're going to shoot one, you know, on your own state tag, this is how our group kind of goes. If you shoot one on your own state tag, shoot whatever you want, you know, it's your tag. If you want to, I mean, we obviously, we're all, we're all, we all kind of have the same mentality as me, you know, try to shoot something mature and, and bigger. Um, okay. okay. So th- there's an argument. Like, go ahead. If, if you shoot, go to shoot a second buck, especially like me where I get a doe tag and I'm party hunting, which my dad gets his buck tag and my sisters get their buck tag. So my family has three buck tags, you know, for the four yeah. of us. Yeah. If I shoot one on somebody's buck tag. The next one, basically, I mean, we've had it happen, but it better be really freaking big. Unpassable big, yeah. Yeah, that's that's like kind of how our group mentality goes. And there's groups that are not that way. I mean, where I hunt, there's other other groups that hunt. And, I mean, it's shoot the first so, four antler deer that run by you to fill our buck tags, so we're done, you know. What stuff, like, all right, someone could argue this in Illinois, like guys just go buy buck tags for their wife and all that stuff and just fill them, which is illegal in Illinois. Right. Um as far as I know, anyway, I always thought it was, but okay. So-and-so's got 
15 kids and he's whatever. And he just buys buck tags for all of them. And he just goes out and sits and blasts six bucks. Well, they have to be week. hunting with you. They, they have, have to be, be there. With you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Yeah. That's right. Like, that's kind of how, I mean, it's kind of our, it's hard for our group to navigate that kind of stuff. Cause not everybody hunts all five days, you know? So it's like, okay, well this person's only hunting until Monday. Let's put their buck tag on it. So then we have that buck tag, you know, of Jim Bob, until Wednesday, yeah, so you don't end up buck tag. Yeah, interesting. Okay, um, yeah. <laughs> what happens to now? It's in it. Your guys's firearm season is in a transition area, I guess, of the season of like rut pattern to feed pattern, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, I was going to ask what, like, how does the deer herd seem after your guys's firearm season comes and goes? But it's it's changing no matter what. Yeah, but I will say, I mean, just like Illinois, after your gun season, the deer kind of go MIA for a while. It's kind of the same way, really. Um, and it depends on where you are. You know, the, the party hunting, big deer drives. I mean, it's not as common in Iowa anymore. There's a, I mean, just where I live here, I was talking to a guy the other day about it because um, it's the landowner that lets me hunt where I killed junk brow. Mm-hmm. Uh, he no, shot no, junk brow behind you. Yeah, right here. Yep. Um, he shotgun hunts and we were just doing our yearly. I always talk to him, you know, I always call him towards the end of archery season before shotgun and just kind of talk about deer and you know, what, what I've seen. And, mm-hmm. and he's like, I just, I just don't see the shotgun hunters anymore. Like I used to, you know, we used to have people out always ask to push and you know, I just don't see it anymore. And I think it's, you know, it's transitioned with hunting as it's transitioned to like more sitting rather than pushing you know what i mean people yeah. hunting specific target deer and this and that you know so i was just talking to somebody about this uh maybe the bush acts but um we're t- i i have to check i didn't see what the illinois report was after our first weekend which was last weekend i didn't see if it was up or down i thought i heard it was down but i hadn't looked for myself yet um but there's like I, a lot of discussion with people i talked to that the popularity of crossbows has kind of taken a lot of the initial like opening day gunner blast of pressure and kind of disperse it through the archery season. Hmm. That's I a, mean, it that's makes sense, I guess, without seeing the numbers. I mean, just the concept of it makes sense. It makes sense to me. I think, I think the level of Hunter is more, Oh, this is bold. I don't know if I fully believe this or not. Maybe the overall, like, thought process of the hunter is higher evolved than you're like i mean not across the board we all know like we all know who i'm referring to on like the other end it's just like a block yeah. shooting at anything and everything that like you know shooting at movement in the brush and th- those type of crazy guys that you don't want to be associated with right i just wonder if like overall awareness and the the popularity of big deer and trying to kill more mature deer or the the conservation mindset like the adult onset from the meat eater era and stuff like that. I wonder if that's made a big difference. I think it has. I like to say it used to be, I mean, everybody I know used to party shotgun hunt growing up. I mean, everybody. And now there's, it's dwindling and dwindling and dwindling. Hmm. Well, maybe for the better then maybe, maybe things are going to increase. Yeah. It's kind of like quality, kind of the same mindset you were talking about. Like, you, you Illinois guys pray and once the, the gun season get, gets here, just praying that deer makes it through. I mean, it's the same thing for, for me, you know, 
yeah for me especially hunting over in amana it's you know because there's 160 gun hunters that run through amana and throughout the two seasons you know so it's <laughs> i've got one deer that i'm just praying that he finds a hole in the in in a creek bank and lays down for 14 days or whatever it is inside a cave a cult yeah. cave and just hides out there and survives yeah it's crazy um okay so you filled the not you filled your iowa archery tag i did yeah you gotta yep. be feeling good we talked we touched on this briefly actually it's crazy it won't launch for a couple of weeks after this but we recorded it like a week ago or so yeah so it's just funny the way things lay out our schedule is crazy yeah so um you kill the buck people are going to hear a little bit about it twice that's all right yep um talk about it how'd it feel you made well, your facial hair that's good news made me yeah i wouldn't call this facial hair but well, it's a start you just gotta I kill the no other shape, i've never no shaved november so i figured i'd give it a shot <laughs> yeah i hear you i hear you well you kill another buck with a bow it might start coming in real good yeah you'll have a mustache like doug's another buck or two <laughs> um so starting off the season it was like after last season being so demoralizing and not having any, any good deer mm -hmm. you know coming into this season i had like i put a lot more cameras out in a wider area got a bunch of new properties and like just had way higher hopes coming into this season because some of these new properties i had some new good deer on and even my old properties i had like I don't know, 10 or 12 bucks that I would have said were shooters throughout all my cameras, you know? Yeah. And I was super confident coming into the season. The one property I got was like 40 acres and it was a really nice setup. And like right about velvet shed, I get a picture of a skid loader in the middle of the timber. <laughs> I love the story. No, sorry. I'm like, I'm like, no, that's not supposed to be there. <laughs> you know? Why would you, you know, cause they, I'd heard the neighbors were going to put in a new fence, but they were like, way off a fence line you know yeah um i talked to the landowner and he's like oh yeah they're just clearing some trees to put in a new fence and i'm like all right so next day i get a, a, a camera update my camera's in somebody's pickup so i call the landowner and he's like oh well yeah i grabbed it because they you know they were getting ready to clear they were just going to clear some trees out a few trees out for me some shrub trees in there while while they're in there long story short and ended up he ended up bulldozing like <laughs> like 12 acres of timber <laughs> completely to make it into tillable ground so right why would he not where it was like 20 27 acres of it was tillable or something like that and or timbered and he took out like 12 and then this spring plans to take out even more so <laughs> i had really high hopes for that property i had three really big deer on it for a 40 acre piece and it just Boom. <laughs> will you go will you go back to that piece to check to see what's around or i'll probably the one bad stigma that shotgun season has over here is the orange army and people like a lot of times some some people don't follow fence line rules and that kind of stuff yeah, so why would you yeah why would you post uh post shotgun season i'll probably go look at look at sign and see what's there for tracks and that kind of stuff and throw a few cameras out but yeah i actually I pulled all my stuff off of there just because I was so demoralized because you we know, might as well put them somewhere else so they can work for you. Right. Right. I went, you know, I went and loaded the, the junk raw property cause I had a couple of deer that I was hoping to see back there and had three really good deer show up there, you know, Nanner, which I've talked about Carolina and then the old man, mm -hmm. all three of them were regular as heck. And this was leading into season. Well, hey, I think we should refresh people. Like 
you're fresh off of what we were calling the 200 inch curse. Yeah. <laughs> which is, you know, junk brow behind you. If they're watching this on Deercast or our YouTube, um, you know, we talked about that, you know, Ross kind of went through a little bit of, it, it's, it's a great curse to be blessed with. Like right. it, it's a blessing. And what we mean by it is kill a super mega deer like that over 200 inches or bigger, or even, you know, damn close. And right. you are just naturally not going to have the best season after in most cases. And it was that you way. In all your luck. Huh? You cashed in all your luck. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So just but, to refresh people on that, what we mean by that. Yeah. So then I had three really good deer on the junk brow property. Like, you know, I've talked about it enough. People know kind of how it sets up, but three really good deer, pretty consistent. Some daylight activity was basically waiting for the right time to make my move. Um, and like, not the cold front, but like that week leading up to it when that red moon was in early, late October. Uh, I'm a, I'm a believer in the red moon. I've never, I don't think we've ever really talked about it, but I think it's a, you know, I can correlate of the 13 deer I've killed. Almost all of them come within a red moon time frame. You want to know? I think that's great. Talk. We need to do a more focused podcast on that and like why it's good and whatever, but yeah, you know, when I focus on the moon, when all my buddies go, moon looks good. Go, <laughs> yeah. I was going to go hunting anyway. <laughs> yeah. So that's when I focus on the moon. But like I said, I'm a, I'm a hella believer in the red moon deal. And I, and that red moon was coming and I was going to be gone for work for that week. Mm. And I, I told everybody, I'm like, I just know it. You know, I know. Was this, was this the weekend of weekends? No, it was the week before that. Week before, that's right. Yep. It was like the 16th, around the 16th of October. Yep. And I was like, I know it's going to happen. They're going to daylight right there in front of my blind on the white pine post I put it, you know, the white pine rub and scrape I put in. It's just going to happen. And the one night we're sitting there at our work meeting, like a work dinner, and bling, cell cam, bling, cell cam, like 45 minutes before daylight. Both. (laughs) Carolina and the old man just right there. <laughs> it's together. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. Like two minutes apart, you know. And Nanner, he actually so Nanner and, and old man like lived simultaneously last year. Like, and it's one of those things where, you know, I don't remember who I heard saying something, but like deer's mentalities can change from year to year when that you know you add another year of age. Nanner was a four-year-old last year and old man was seven. And they lived they coexisted on the farm. I mean, I saw them together all the time. I passed Nanner like 11 times last year and I figured it was a slam dunk this year, you know? Yeah. He's going to be there. Seeing him in daylight seven or 11 times and passing him. I figured I'd get one crack at him. And he, he was a ghost this year. And it was the same day that the old man 10, which was a nine this year showed up. Nanner never stepped foot on the farm again. Hmm. I wonder if he's just an old enough now to play the game and he wasn't going to share just the game. Just heads, I think. Yeah, they weren't they weren't going to play the game and So what whatever happened to old man this year is he did he get whacked? No, actually. So <clears throat> the neighbors um they've never ever let anybody hunt. Never. I've been here 5 years and even like my wife's uncle is like no, nobody's ever hunted that property. Well, he he's letting a couple buddies hunt this year and they're I talked to him and he said they're there's older guys um and they've hunted every day, every single day, and like not smartly hunted every single day. 
just wrong winds and all that. Oh, yeah, like they're parked in the same spot every day. You see the two of them get out of their pickup and walk into the timber, and the best bedding area on the farm is like 200 yards, 250 yards from where they park, and they'll get out of the truck with a south wind blowing straight to the bedding area. And like I had Carolina, Nana had left, but I had Carolina and the old man pretty consistently like not necessarily always daylight but right close to it or even in the middle of the night i get pictures of them yeah something at least know they're there and whatever yeah and three days they started hunting like oh the week leading in between the the red moon week and, and the weekend of all weekends they started hunting like in there and three days of them hunting in a row and all of a sudden poof isn't that crazy or, uh Carolina and the old man, I didn't hardly have a picture of them because of the, all the added pressure they weren't used to. They just Do you think those guys are like, man, there's no deer in here? Well, I talked to the landowner the other day, and he was like, yeah, they're seeing quite a few deer. Just, you know, they're they're lazy old guys like me. Ha ha, you know. <laughs> just oh, man. Seeing lots of deer, just not getting any good shots. and Probably all young deer just from the pressure. Yeah, I, and I like I say, it was it went from like, well, last year having the old man all the time on camera and Carolina last year all the time on camera to this year, all sorts of pictures, all sorts of pictures. And then boom, like literally three days after they started hunting every day, boom. And I've had probably three sets of pictures of each of those deer since the third week of October. Mm. And that's it. So what you're saying is things aren't going well for you. No, they were not great. And and like on a man, I had a bunch of good bucks there. Just, I, you know, I was kind of worried EHD. So I actually took a weekend and like, I went and walked every water source back in a man. Cause I had like, like I say, I had like eight or 10 bucks on a mana that I would have put in the shooter category, you know? Yeah. And when they disappeared wasn't like the velvet scramble. It wasn't normal for a time when I've had deer disappear in the past. Yep. And, uh, I, I spent a whole weekend looking for EHD deer just because, you know, I was like, they had to, that has to be their fate, you know, I happened to them where they go. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I did find a few, you know, I think I found like eight, eight EHD deer on a mana, you know, which isn't a lot for how big of an area it is. And none of the bucks, that I was hoping to find in none of the areas where they were, I didn't find any deer and I don't know. They just, they vanished and it was just, it was a weird year for everybody. You know, everybody I talked to is like this year has just been so strange with deer movement. Oh, I've they heard, I've been hearing that a lot years. too in Illinois. And I've been hearing guys bring up EHD in our area, like where the studio is, where we live. And then like other properties we hunt, we hunt a lot of like, we, we kind of, are spread out, you know, mm-hmm. um, over several counties. And I've been hearing guys in Illinois bring up EHD. And I'm wondering here in our core area where we live, um, I have a spot and there is nothing on it. Like it's a, it's a spot where normally there's something on it. Mm-hmm. There's been nothing on it. I have another permission piece, um, Northwest, 10 miles or 15 miles from that other piece I'm referring to. Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. And it was, it, it, it's the most widespread, like where did the deer go conversations that I've had, like no good pictures during the rut. No, you know, not even like young deer. The movement was just 
trash basically mm-hmm. this year, you know? Yeah. And I had a lot of guys, similar situations as me, their big deer just vanished. Like, you know, deer that they'd had three years of history with and all these trail camera pictures. And all of a sudden it's just like, why am I not getting them? It's gotta you be know? EHD, right? Yeah. But you know, I walked, they've all walked and haven't found them. So either Shed season will really tell the, the full story. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know, a deer can be dead 10 yards from you in some honeysuckle bush and you never know it. Yeah. You know, when everything's yeah. added down and from snow and everything and you get out and everything's brown and dead and antlers are sun bleached and yeah popping i hope it's everything. not i, I hope, hope that, i mean i know there's a lot of it out there but i hope it's not i hope i you know i agree agree i don't want ehd by any means yeah. um but it's like what's going on it's yeah where else like, would they be when I'm hunting it, I'm not shooting anything and everything, you know, right. unless it's like neighboring pressure or, I mean, that's what I would have to say. I've hunted this property just a few years. I've only killed mature deer on it. Yeah. You know, and a, and a doe or two. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, you did shoot a deer. Just yeah, so the craziness. I, uh, I, I, I did something I, I've never really done. Um, I, so back in Amanda where I grew up, there's a bunch of different timbers, you know, and there's some of them that I've, you know, I'm 29 and I've never stepped foot in them. You know, it's just, I don't know, just not where I hunt, you know? Yeah. So I e-scouted, I looked at a map and I'm like, I've never been in this timber before. And this looks like a good pinch. It was the rut. I'm like, I'm just going to go hang and hunt, hunt all day. See what I see, you know, see what I can, what can happen. So go in there the day before, find a good, you know, a good crossing pinch deal, hang a stand, go in the next morning, good access, climb in the stand. And I'm sitting there and, uh, one doe comes by and I'm like, it's super thick honeysuckle, this whole timber. And like, I'm focusing on this one big opening. Cause I'm like, I think that's where my shot's going to be. I think that's where a deer is going to come from. I'm going to come off this South facing Ridge, blah, 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 you know? <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> And I, I'm, I'm staring there all morning basically. Cause everything else is so thick. I can't see anything, you know? Yeah. And I hear a, a twig snap off to my right and I'm, I look away and I look back and I, I mean, basically that fast, you know, I look, pull my vine was up. I look for like two seconds. I put them down that time frame right there. And I glance back over to where I'd been staring all morning all morning, I didn't yeah. even take my eyes off of it except for that 15 seconds. And there's a shooter standing there. Uh, you know, like a I would have said like 165-ish type deer, really heavy, lots of points. Yeah. And I rip my bow off the hanger and I draw back because I got one other lane like, I got one other lane that I'm like, that's where he's going. Yeah. And it's it's the rut. And all of a sudden he just he's getting towards where my shooting lane's gonna be and just bulldozes through the thick honeysuckle into the creek bottom and out of my life. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> nice. You gotta be kidding me. I literally looked away for 15 seconds. <laughs> yeah. It's just by chance. It wasn't meant to be. Yeah. So sat the rest of that day, nothing. Um, then I had, I went, uh, I don't think it was the next morning. I don't remember. It was that same week, but I had good wins again. So, I went and I was going to only hunt till 10 o'clock and hunt all morning. Don't see a deer. And like 15 minutes before I got to get down and leave, I'm like, I'm going to, it's so quiet in here. You know, I'd rattled once or twice that morning. 
and nothing happened. And I'm like, I'm just going to hit the horns as hard as I can hit the horns. And I just beat the living heck out of the horns. And all of a sudden I love doing that, dude, I love doing that. Just as hard as you can thrash them. And you can just smell like them when you do that, right? You can I'm... smell them. Oh yeah. The yeah. burn. Uh-huh. Yep. So I smack them and all of a sudden here comes three little bucks, like a toilet rack and you know, toilet like, rack. Well, yeah, like a toilet paper holder. Oh, I got you. Okay. Like you can fit toilet paper between the beams. Nice. Nice. Um, yeah. And a broken up hundred incher and then like a regular, you know, a, a full, full rack hundred incher all at the same time from three different directions. Just go whoosh right to me. You just rattled in three bucks from Michigan. They just ran down. <laughs> Same running. Yeah. And they're, <laughs> and they're standing down there. Minnesota did, would have been closer, but. Yeah. They, they could hear it. I hit them that hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, they're standing there messing around, kind of downwind a little bit, getting a little funky, but they're tickling horns and and all of a sudden out of the thick honeysuckle, I hear and I'm like I'm like that's I'm like that's a that's a bigger one, you know. So I grab my bow and this honey honeysuckle's like it's so thick you can't see anywhere except for right here in front of me in this shooting lane. Which is why you missed that deer and going through your pocket initially. Yeah. Yep. But anyways, I hear that grunt and out pops this 18 inch wide frame, nine points, good brows. And I like, you know, between last year being so demoralizing and everything, I just like instantly, I'm like, this got me amped up. I'm killing this deer. You know, I looked at him for that long. Yeah. And uh, he, he came out of the honeysuckle at 17 yards and I looked at him for literally a split second. And I'm like, yep, you're dying. And I, the old Ross Baker saying, I, I ripped it back and, yeah. and I throttled him at like 15 yards and he big mule kick and, and just took, and I could see blood just pouring out of him as he ran away. And instantly I'm like, let's go. You yeah. Know? Right. Yeah. You broke the, broke the curse. Yep. And he runs. I think I hear him crash, you know, um, how how certain were you? I was like 99% certain. It's pretty certain. It's one of those where it's like. If you didn't see it. I didn't see it. So I'm not going to go, you know. And mm-hmm. how I got to walk out, I got to walk right through there, you know. Right where he ran. And I can look at the blood a little bit. And I get, I you know, I do the, the FaceTimes and the calls and all that stuff and get down. And it's been about 25 minutes. And climb down the tree, look at the blood, blood trail him until he turned and went in the timber, which is about where I heard him crash. But I, I had to go, like I had a meeting, so I had to go take care of my meeting quick and then, and then come back. And he was only like eight yards from where I stopped blood trailing. Oh really? I can't believe you didn't see him. Yeah. It's, I'm telling you, the honeysuckle was so thick. You couldn't, I mean, even when like I, I went and got my dad, got the four wheeler, went and, you know, finished tracking and like, basically you had to about be right on top of him, you know, before you yeah. could see him. Yeah. But, awesome. Ching. Yeah. My yeah. dad, uh, my dad videoed the whole thing, the recovery and all that jazz. And Very cool. Yep. That's, a, that's cool, man. Like, yeah. Yeah. It felt, it felt good to get the curse off my back and it's been, you know, it was one of those, you know, we've talked about it. We're like, I don't, 90% of the 95% of the deer I see when I hunt, I know because of trail mm. camera pictures, you know? Yeah. So it was like refreshing to just hop in somewhere that I had no history, didn't know any of the deer, you know, and just hunt and just hunt. Yeah. Like Nick Morris, just go hunt and see what happens. Yep. 
don't get me wrong. He was a little bit smaller than I anticipated, but that doesn't That's matter. Right. You know? Well, talk about him. So he was a, when I, when I first shot him, I thought he was like low fifties, you know, 152 to 155, somewhere in there. You know, I just saw his frame, good time length. Um, ended up, I was about 18 inches, 18 inches off. He was, he was mid thirties, 136. Um, really good brows, really wide frame, just spindly and, and long tines. Um, probably a younger deer, to be honest with you, but you know. But what else did he have? A baby dropper, my first drop time. Yeah, dude, it counts. Like, <laughs> you know, you bring the the skull plate to the studio once you had him capped out because I measured it for you for a bow hunting league, whatever. And I'm like, ah, oh, baby dropper, man. Like, you didn't bring, you didn't say nothing about the baby dropper the whole time. <laughs> I'm like, man, that's a drop time. You got to brag about the drop time. Yeah, it was. <clears throat> so he's my thirteenth buck, and I had never really experienced ground shrinkage, to be honest with you. You know, Wait, I, he, was, I had a, he was number 13. He was my 13th deer. Yeah. I wonder if that's why it was such a struggle last year. You're just trying to break that 13th. The bad, bad luck 13. <laughs> yeah. Huh? Yeah. No, I, and I'd never really experienced it. You know, I'd, I'd had mild ground shrinkage, you know, four or five inches, something like that. You know, I thought a deer was 160. It was 155. Um, so honestly, when I walked up on this deer, I was like, I was sick to my stomach, to be honest with you. But then, you know, I got talking with you and everybody else, and they're like, dude, it got you amped up. Like, you thought he was that big. Obviously, he he, he tricked you enough to make you think it, you know? That's, but, I mean, once it's there and it's your deer, it's... Oh, for sure. You gotta look and like, at the right side, you know? Even, like, while I was talking with you, I'm like, dude, I just, uh, I'm just so sick to my stomach. But now looking back, like, you know, I'm glad I shot him, you know? I, I wouldn't oh. not shoot him, you know? Because of the, oh, I was sure. amped up for the situation, and he got me boiling, you know? Dude, the smallest deer I've ever shot with my bow is actually just a few years ago when I went in and like got it during second firearm season here. I, you know, I went bow hunting with that tag and got in the tree, had my big cock country hat on, turned around there. That deer was two minutes and I shot him. And I was like, oh, dude, I didn't even look at him. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like, it was like now or never good G2. Wham. Yep. It's si similar scenario. A little different. That's kind of how this was. I knew that that one the day before, or two days before, had gotten through that shooting lane, and I was like, "It's now or never. I'm I'm killing him," you know. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's kind of funny looking back on it. You know, my dad videoed it, and you know, I come around the corner and I see the deer, and I look back at my dad, and the first thing that comes out of my mouth is, "Ooh, that's not good." <laughs> <laughs> you ungrateful yeah. Iowa hunter, you! How yeah. dare you leave? How dare me? No, I'm, I'm glad I, I'm glad I killed him and and I'm gonna get him mounted. You know, I'm one of those people. If I if I shoot it, I mount it. You know, got to. To me, that's the that's for me. I'm a shoulder mount guy. You know, I know a lot of people like euros, but I don't personally like them. I euro deadheads, but uh, you know, I'm one of those people. If I if I harvest the deer, sorry for using your your harvest word there. If I kill the deer, it, it, it gets shoulder mounted and goes on the wall. It's kind of like the res the utmost respect thing for me. I get that too. I kind of operate under that policy for the most part. I have euroed a handful of deer since we started the podcast. Like the big nuts buck, I euroed. Um, but I had his his euro is cool because his head is huge. Yeah. So that euro, but I also use that cape for the Geyerbuck replica. Yeah. So is it the same? No, but I did not mount it. Technically. Right. 
Right. Um, that surprise buck I euroed because um, he looks better as a euro when there's no ears behind his rack. Um, but, he, you know, he actually is a good buck. He's one of them deer. He's an eight-pointer, a good eight, but his threes are way out on his beam. Yeah. And so I think I got tricked by, like, the G2 having nothing next to it and the three being way forward. I thought I was seeing, like, giant beam, you know, but what, whatever. Yeah. I, I think the euro looks great. Yeah, um, I have like a Euro room in my house where all the Euros hang up, but um, I hear you though. I love, I'm getting to this point though. I'll tell you. So uh, if people follow us on the internet, they know I killed my biggest buck this year. Eric killed his biggest buck this year and Doug killed his biggest buck this year. Biggest buck with a bow. Yep. And um, we haven't really talked about that yet as a crew. And that will come out here in a little while, like best year for big deer we've had as a, as a, three-man yeah. crew right there um we were kind of him hawing in the group today eric's like oh yeah we should all do pedestal mounts and all this and like i'm for it but how many pedestal mount pedestal mounts take up significantly more room than mm-hmm. a regular mount and i'm like my previous biggest buck which is just a touch smaller than this one i have him just off the wall shoulder mounted and i kind of am glad i did it that way I don't know. So I'm going to do this one the same. I'm not going to pedestal them. Yeah, I I don't know. Pedestals are really cool, but like you say, they take up a lot of room. So much room. Basically, what I, my mentality for a while was, I've got three pedestals. My, my, in 2020, I killed that 168-incher. That was my biggest deer by like 10 inches. So I was like, all right, I'm, I'm going to pedestal mount him. You know, big body big dark chocolate rack you know i think that's one of the better typicals i'll probably ever kill you know Mm -hmm. so i'm like i'm gonna i'm gonna pedestal mount that one well then the next year i killed my 173 and they're like super spitting image of each other like they're both really perfect no extras 10 pointers he was 173 the other one was 168 i'm like well i should do this one the same form but the other turn so I'm going to pedestal mount him. And then I killed junk brow. So I'm like, well, I got to pedestal mount junk brow. Yeah. Um, but Here's now it, it'll take something like special for me mega. to pedestal it again. I I don't think I'm going to do a pedestal because you can get a full range hanging system set up mm-hmm. and kind of make them a pedestal. Yeah. You yeah. know, I just like the extra shoulder. But now, like I said, now it's going to have to take something special. Like, you know, I've always said if it, if it's the 170 mark, I'll pedestal mount it, you know, but because we're yeah. not going to shoot a whole lot of those in our lifetime. So I have too many pedestal mounts by now. It's a great <laughs> problem. But like, yeah, I think, you know, I got the Garbuck replica. got my dad's last buck, both on pedestal mounts. I got creepy on a pedestal mount. I got a life that has the stories to back it a life to be proud of it's a winchester life yeah baby six eight western oh, mule there baby right there tune in every tuesday at 7 p.m eastern on waypoint tv how the fuck is that oh man i said the f word whatever i don't care um another eight pointer that i think is a pedestal i can't remember what he is so I got, i'm getting i'm pushing it right yeah so and you don't you wouldn't think that they take up that more room that much more room, but they really do, you know. 
especially like Junkrow's not too bad because he's like a quarter turn pedestal or something like that. Yeah. But my two 10 pointers, they are hard 90 degree turn pedestals. And it's like, it's not like, this, this. you know, it's, yeah, it's you're like, you're taking up that much room instead of just, it's like 14 extra inches of shoulder. Well, if you're a guy with a lot of deer heads, they're a problem. If you're mm-hmm. only going to mount 10 deer and you have a larger home with higher ceilings, they can look very tasteful, spread out. Like if you had another one on the other side of that door and then your room kept going, yep. you can make them look very tasteful. But if you're a guy like Chandler who's got a room cram-packed and he needs yeah. 14 inches from mount to mount, to it's very, it, it adds up quick. So Yeah, that's how – I mean, my, my man cave is – not very big it's got really short ceilings and i've you know we're we're looking at building a house here pretty quick and i'm gonna have to make myself a big man <laughs> you know 12 foot ceilings and just have some fun with it okay oh, yeah. so uh you've been hunting illinois yeah i bought an illinois tag um just because i've never done it you know i was tagged out and i, I figured not? why not you know um i i just spent the last Oh, uh, like Thanksgiving, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, the wife and I and, and Jensen went over and hung out with Leah and Austin and hunted with Austin for the weekend. And and actually, I had some really good rattling encounters. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a shooter coming on a string, a very, very whiskey wind. He got to 48 yards and Mother Nature said, no, no, no. Yeah. And just for half a second made the wind shift. And he locked up his brakes and turned and pinwheeled, turned away. And he was coming to the horns on November 26th or whatever it was, you know? Yep, yep. Well, you know, that was that desperately seeking phase. You get a lot of them bucks looking. And I, hell, Austin said he's hearing bucks duke it out. Yeah, that, was just a, that was like the day before that, yeah. Yeah. See, I left the day he texted that, I went hunting and didn't have – I left my antlers. I'm like, it's about past that time. And then after he said that, I took it with me to the tree, you know? Yeah, so. I've had I've had buddies rattle deer, in, you know, like visually see a deer and rattle, you know, like December 1st and, and bring a deer right to the base of the tree. Yeah, know? yeah. I mean, I've killed two deer rattling. One is this year, my 10-pointer. Mm-hmm. And one was the buck I call baby dropper. Yep. You know, I think that's the only two I've killed rattling, but... um. Okay, so you're you're hustling out in the Illinois stuff. So I'm gonna ask you because it almost seems like you're in the bet with Doug and Eric by some of this, but uh, you're not. I am not. I would not be going on my ass. <laughs> well, who's gonna win in your eyes? Don't well, let's not drop the names of scores because we're gonna get to that here in some upcoming podcasts. But uh, everybody knows Eric's score, but nobody knows Doug's publicly yet. But where the who who's gonna win this in your eyes? It's a close yeah, call. They're both booners, know. gross booners. Yep. It uh hmm. I really want Eric to win just because I want to see Doug squeal. Doug's um, missed two podcasts because of his girlfriend already. So I'm rooting for Eric. And he missed the entirety of this last really nice cold front in the post rut time frame to be with hard her. to respect. It's really hard to respect him. <sighs> We love you, Dougie. We it's almost like he's forgetting about us. <laughs> you know? What can you do, man? We've it's all a, been there at some point. I just is the boy slipping? Nah, I think he'll be all right. 
he's just in the honeymoon phase here yet. Yeah. It'll really come to bite him when it when it you know it bite when him he's gotta he's make her mad. <laughs> yeah, when he's gotta make her mad. Yeah, I I don't know who's gonna win. I think it's gonna come down to it's whoever kills the next it's whoever kills the next buck, obviously. Basically, I think it's gonna come down to the last day of Iowa's late muzzleloader season because ATA is on the eleventh. Mm-hmm. So Iowa ends the tenth. I said this on a, the podcast that'll be coming out later, but I think they're both going to kill a buck on January 10th in Iowa, and that's going to be the deciding factor. I don't think either of them is going to kill, especially now going into the gun season. In Illinois, you're saying? In Illinois, I don't think either of them is going to kill. If I one of them kills, to- if one of them can kill a buck in Illinois, it will be they will be the winner. Yep, I've said that since. Yep, it's game over. So. Interesting bet there. We need to get some live coverage on that here on our socials. I will play into that. But uh, no, I think this has been a fun conversation. I think very relevant to coming into the two firearm seasons. Oh, man. Okay. If in Iowa, Lee, if you had to give anyone who hasn't filled a tag in Iowa, archery, um, maybe they're not going to gun hunt. Maybe they are. Give give some motivating words to the people because I'm starting to get sad messages on the socials. <laughs> well, just stay positive. I mean, that's it's hard to say that, but just stay positive. And and I've personally, I've noticed a lot of the green, green revisited type stuff right now. I've got some cameras on some rye fields, and I'm getting tremendously more deer on the rye fields than any green field, even with this cold weather. So, okay, always stay positive, even when stuff kind of goes down, and you know, you never know when God's going to give you that gift. You know, that's right. Like you, you're, you're tagged out, homie, right? Tagged homie, out. There, I have to look forward to an upcoming episode. But yeah, we're recording that episode here in a couple of days. I'll tell you my advice for the guys in Illinois and everywhere else you're hunting. Um, a season can be it can seem like one of the most frustrating seasons you've had, or you might have had an up and some downs and all arounds, whatever. And you're probably ready to like just give it in, but your whole season can change in one set and it it literally that's all it takes with bow hunting bow hunting is a game of inches when it comes to shooting deer and it's a game of just minutes when it comes to when you look back on your season how do you perceive it as a whole right when you grind it out for a week straight and all day sits in november to get an opportunity and nothing went right or whatever happened and then you get out of it, you step back, get refreshed, and go back in and kill a good deer or things just work how they're supposed to work. You look back, you almost forget about how much it it was. It's fun. The grind is fun, but it can suck. So um, we enjoy the suck of it, right? You know, like you, would, you wouldn't rather – I went through this. I hunted my – probably more than I've ever – well, I want to say more than I've ever hunted. I hunted very hard this season. Yeah. You, and you, you ground pretty pretty damn hard yeah i went after right and uh, but i would i wouldn't want to be anywhere else no so i don't want to sound ungrateful for that but uh your whole season can change in one damn minute yeah and i think for from an iowa standpoint like we're coming into one of my favorite times of the year i mean obviously i, I love archery hunting you know and i love that post rut time frame but in iowa being that there are those shotgun drives I have a lot of deer show up in areas post shotgun season for the late season, you know, which we can still use our bow tags late season too, if we still got them. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but that's one thing I would say to the Iowa people is, you know, you never know what's going to get pushed from the, the block of timber a mile away, you know, or, you know, deer that moved for the rut that are going to settle somewhere. I had a deer that I had on camera that got killed two and a half miles from where my last picture of him was, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So you oh, never know what's going to move in or move around this time of year. And this one of those stay positive deals. Like I said, it's my favorite time to now grind and, you know, for me to spend the next, you know, obviously I'll, I'll shotgun hunt this weekend through Wednesday. Um, but after that, it's miles on the truck, moving cameras and trying to find a deer out in the middle of a field and get permission. I like it. It's the hustle. Well, Lee, thanks for jumping on with me, man. This has uh, been a fun episode uh, right after the holiday weekend here. Everyone's getting back in the groove of the week, I think, at this point and uh, either want to hear us talk or don't. And some guys are still excited. Uh, there's a lot of guys that are over hunting at this point. Yeah, there's a lot of guys that I know that hang up, hang it up, you know, as of right now, they're especially with the bow in Iowa, their bow season's done. Yep. Yep. Oh, in Illinois, too. I know a lot of guys are just done. You know, it's, I, it's, I get it. It's tough. Yeah. It's tough. So stay after it. You can do it. The season can turn around. You can pull it off. Just stay positive. Stay after it. Stay smart. Be safe. Uh, Lee, any closing thoughts? Nope. All right. Mine is go shoot a giant, make the season your bitch. See you next week.